Welcome in, everybody. We are sorry for marking, and we are back around our WWE watercore this week, episode 98. My name's Wes. I'm here for man Chase. Chase, what's up, my man? You ready to do this? What is up, Wes? What is up, fellow Marks? Thank you once again for joining us around the water cooler. I am excited as usual. Sasha Banks is on top of the wrestling world and on top of the world in general once again. So life is grand. I don't Sasha know how, Banks 2020. I don't know how anybody could not be just over the moon for wrestling right now strictly because of Sasha Banks. But everything else is going pretty good too. And other things are fine. It's fine. And I got my hazmat suit ready, my friend, because I'm ready to go back to Ruthless Aggression Day, and I'm ready to sit in it for a little bit. Ruthless Aggression Air, guys. Uh Hope you're ready. This is going to be a fun episode. If you guys missed it last week, we started a very fun trilogy, our favorite thing here. Sorry for marking. If you're new here, welcome, but this is what we're all about, Attitude and Ruthless Aggression Era. So we went back last week, Chase took his back, and we talked tournaments. It's our tournament trilogy, talked a lot of King of the Ring. Mm-hmm. How when it's done well, what it can do for a talent, what it can do for the company overall. This week, heading back to my Ruthless Aggression era, and apparently Vince was in a phase. Like in the middle of my era, he just, <laughs> you know, it happens. We just hear it happens with Vince sometimes. <laughs> I just hate tournaments. No more tournaments. God, I hate them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Something must have happened in his life. I don't know. March Madness didn't go his way. So on top of talking about a couple king of the ring winners that did book in my era and were good examples of how it's done correctly i think so i'm mm-hmm. interested to get your take on that we're also going to fantasy book the heart of my era chase we've talked about ruthless aggression era what people don't understand is it's the best roster they've ever had it's pretty loaded so you take that 2003 2004 ish roster and you book a king of the ring tournament a prime time and so many guys on that roster were ready to break out and take the next step mm-hmm. we're going to do what vince should have done years ago and we're going to fantasy book a little king of the ring tournament oh, it's going to be so much fun it's going to be so much fun I, i'm interested to see who you put in this tournament and that's going to tell me a lot about how you feel about king of the ring and what type of wrestler should be winning king of the ring and what the ingredients you need kind of what i touched on last week i'm interested to see this so many good guys from your era that fit into a tournament perfectly and our tournament talk will continue past the main event segment this week because we've got a couple mark out awards coming more great matches from the king of the ring tournament Man. here in 2019 king of the rings producing so many good television matches lately and of course to kick things off a gimmick segment a new gimmick segment, or at least a twist on an old one. Mm-hmm. I think a twist on an old one. I think that's more of what it is. All right, so we're just going to have some fun to kick off the show here. An impossible question, Desert Island Edition. Mm-hmm. Desert Island Edition. <laughs> I like that. I love these impossible questions for you. I love putting you on the spot. It's one thing I've found through this, through this Sorry for Marking journey. So I love putting you on the wrestling spot. And this is going to be one of the hardest, or one of the easiest, maybe. If you were on a desert island and you could only watch one wrestler's catalog, one wrestler's career retrospective on a loop over and over again, you could pick whichever match you want, but just one wrestler, who would that wrestler be? You know what? It is easy. It's actually very easy. It's Kurt Angle. (laughs) It's Kurt Angle. I can't argue with that choice. That's an excellent choice. Can you bring choice. milk? That will be nice sure. on a desert island. 
Sure. Okay. Now, you know, he's not going to be there with you. Oh, that's right. You're just watching his matches. Is milk part of the package? Something for sustenance. <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to get into what else you need on the island, Weston, right here okay. well, it's to play English, that Jason. game. Kurt Thank English. you. What do you think of my selection? <laughs> I I love your selection. I'm interested. Is it is it sim- simply, is it as simple as he has the most diverse as far as entertainment, athletic, storyline, just diverse catalog. I know he's one of you, he's on your Mount Rushmore. He's one of your yeah. Favorite well, that's guys. why he is. So right. yes, a lot of my favorite matches of all time are Kurt Angle. I think he's the best in ring worker I've ever seen. But we know wrestling's more than that, so that's why you know certain great workers aren't in the discussion here because you need that entertainment. You need the guy who's going to make you laugh every now and then. Mm-hmm. And that was also Kurt Angle. Right. Some of his other m- most famous segments are out of the ring when he's just. Being his awkward self, being this funny dude, mm-hmm. you going back from his stuff with Edge when he's trying to kiss Vince McMahon's ass backstage every week. Yeah. You could get a full Desert Island life out of Kurt Angle's career. From heel to face to heel, doesn't matter. Yeah, so that's my choice. So I can watch a great match, then I can turn around and watch a great promo and laugh a little bit. And let me take it one layer deeper. You finally find somebody else on the island. After years, you think nobody was on the island. They're like, what have you been doing? You tell them. Even better yet, you got to show them. What's the Kurt Angle match you're putting on to show your stranger on the island what you've been doing? Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit, Royal Rumble 2002, I believe it is. Two or three. But either way, we know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. All right. Good choices. Surprised a little bit. With how easy it was? I'm surprised at how easy that was. Yeah. Surprised. I'm trying to think of who I'm surprised that you didn't go with, but I guess Kurt would be my guest for you any day. And I, I guess so. You're dead on I mean, with that. I think, you know, Steve Austin, you consider him just because he was so entertaining in so many ways throughout his career. Mm-hmm. But he just doesn't have that X factor in the ring, the match, match quality. quality wise, like mm-hmm. Ringle does. Right. So now, Chase, I turn this to you. Which wrestler are you choosing mm-hmm. for your Desert Island? This is a little tougher for me, but still pretty easy. I'm going with Shawn Michaels. And you almost threw me off with your humor. Because um, um, I, I would want some funny in there. And Stone Cold or The Rock would be in candidate, strong candidates as well. You get all the DX stuff. Right. Exactly. You get all the DX stuff with Shawn Michaels. So... That makes it pretty easy. I almost use Shawn Michaels as an example of a guy who's a great worker, but maybe doesn't have that other side. But if you can use the DX stuff mm-hmm. and all that. Oh, I'm using just, all the DX stuff. It's not like he t- couldn't tell great wrestling stories. Exactly. And if I'm showing one stranger that I meet on that island one match, it's WrestleMania 25. Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. The greatest wrestling match of all time, bar none. My favorite wrestling match of all time. I guess I wouldn't have had to thought too long to predict that for you <laughs> no would you have guessed somebody before Shawn michaels though if i just put you on the spot and said who, who am i picking i maybe would have picked the rock mm-hmm. that was second he was okay. second yeah. <laughs> i was almost switching to the rock as i was listening to you talk about angle and then i went back to Shawn michaels and went head. back to that x factor in the ring uh-huh that's funny because <laughs> i just think sometimes maybe more from my point of view like sometimes i put more emphasis on the other stuff than the in-ring stuff Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, that's that's kind of the tiebreaker for these things. Yeah, you got to tune in for the whole spectrum of things. 
this is a question that I'm, I was interested to hear your answer, but I could have guessed it pretty easy. Some of our other day one is H listeners. I don't know if I could get like, I don't know if my attitude, Eric consultant, I know he shares his love for Sean Michaels, Adrian. I don't know if he would choose Sean there. I don't know who our original, original listener, Alex would choose our Hill wives. Oh, hub and the Philippines. I don't know who he's choosing. Jeff? Who's Jeff picking? Hulk Hogan? <sighs> no, he can't. Jeff, you can't. <laughs> you can't take. Well, he can take Hulk, I guess. <laughs> That's a boring. Him. I know. I can't tell Jeff who to <laughs> who to take on his desert island. Damn it! This is my show. Guys, he can't Jeff's going to disagree with me. I'm sorry. Um, well, great listener, great dude. Don't take Hulk Hogan to a desert island. That's a boring catalog, and you know it, Jeff. You know there's more exciting wrestlers. Just admit it. So I want to get everybody's take on that. Who would you choose if you could only watch one wrestler's career retrospective, all of his matches, include everything, just that wrestler? Who would you choose? At Sorry for Marking on Instagram. Search Sorry for Marking on Facebook sorryformarking.com and you can subscribe to the podcast on all three of those be sure to stay subscribed as we inch closer to our 100th episode and we got some big things planned later on down the line so thank you all for tuning in every week all right man suit up do whatever it is you got to do i'm gonna be wait i'm waiting i'm ready all right let's do it Chase, welcome back. And I think you're a little traumatized. We've had some interesting trilogies the last several months on here in my era, talking about crazy moments and all these weird things came up. Chase, crazy things came up. Uh-huh. This isn't that turn. This isn't that show. Okay. This isn't that show. We're talking tournaments. We're talking in ring. In ring. Mm-hmm. More the sports side of things. So I can I ditch the hazmat suit? You think? Can I just step out of it? Um, let me check my notes. <laughs> yeah, man, you're good. You're so good. no, in your notes, there is no implied rape. There nope. is no implied nope. death or no anybody kidnapping. getting hit by cars nope. or getting kidnapped. Mm-mm, no babies being birthed or thrown Nothing. or punted. Nothing. Cars exploding, anything like yeah. that. Mm-mm. All right, let's do it then. I'm out of the hazmat suit and ready to dive into some tournament talk. So we've talked about a lot of that outside the ring stuff and crazy storylines, GMs, all these different things mm-hmm. the last few months on here. But at the end of the day, my era's biggest calling card and why you can make an argument with it being one of the top eras is because that's when the in-ring talent turned. Yes. Like they took a step up, the roster was loaded, and you were starting to see the more modern WWE matches similar to what we see now. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't you know it, right in the thick of this, the king of the ring tournament just disappears. Such a Vince thing. He gets tired of tournaments right when he has the perfect roster for tournaments. So before we book this thing, we also talked last week about what, how a tournament is done well. Mm-hmm. Like you gave a pretty interesting other example of when it's not done well. Just Google brawl, brawl for all. <laughs> we won't rehash that darkness. But you also said when it's used right, king of the ring makes a star. Like that's the best use of that tournament. Put somebody on that next level. Talked about it a lot last week. They did it throughout your pretty much entire era. Right. Well, to kick off my era here, they did it one more time. We have one more good example of this. And that's 2002. Brock Lesnar wins this thing. The next big thing, literally. And they, dude, they put a rocket on this guy like 
I don't know if I've ever seen since. Mm-hmm. So he debuts in March. He wins the King of the Ring in June. He's the WWE champion by beating The Rock at SummerSlam in August. August. Unbelievable. And in that time, he's went, through, he's went through Hogan. He's went through Undertaker. He's went through all these guys. In five months, six months, basically. Mm-hmm. That's a hell of a run. And that and so King of the Ring was included. In, so King of the Ring was right in the middle of that. Yeah. Not yet. Used to, to put him on that next championship level. So was this is this a vivid King of the Rain mark out memory oh, for you? I remember you remember running. watching Brock come mm-hmm. in here and just The rise of Brock Lesnar was something to behold. <laughs> it was wild. But that's not even where I want to put my focus this week because we talked so much about that last week. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's a second thing a King of the Ring can do. And I think we potentially have to be ready for it because it might be what we're seeing right now Uh-oh. in King of the Ring. I think there's a chance of that. It can be used to freshen up a wrestler to give them a new gimmick to give them a new just a new fresh look a new fresh everything Mm -hmm. fresh face reset yeah a good reset Mm -hmm. and was that ever done better than in 2006 with king booker oh my gosh perfect so much so like i had a hard time accepting like i wasn't a hundred percent on board with king booker it it was a weird time i was kind of fading out i liked booker t how he was right like it seemed kind of ridiculous and gimmicky, mm-hmm. which is exactly why I think now, like, I really would appreciate it and realize <laughs> how awesome it is what he's doing. Yeah. Because Booker T, this guy had been in since 2001, hadn't right. really necessarily changed. Right. And he and he was that character even before he came to WWE. So people probably had Booker fatigued been in the a little bit. 15 plus years at this point. Right. He's a vet. Mm-hmm. So to be able to take something and immediately freshen up a guy. Mm-hmm. I think that's also a great use of a. It's not so much the tournament, it's the title and what you can do with the the prestige of it. Exactly. There's now there's been many people, and that's what's fun, and that's what I wanted to touch on when we you were kind of telling me your notes. There's been many people that have tried that and failed miserably. Booker succeeded, and why do you think that? Is it just because he lived that gimmick? Like was he was all, all in. in. Mm-hmm. All you got to be all in. Just. Full monarch mode, just rolling SmackDown. He had the whole gear, talked in the British accent, mm-hmm. the whole the whole nine yards. And I guess it made it even better too because it was such a drastic turn from what he was, which was this <laughs> badass dude. Well, and then the X factor that just if you had doubts, this is what really made it work. When he got mad, he would still go back to that old <laughs> Booker. Just lose all his composure and be old Booker just for a second. Yep. So that was so comical throughout this. <laughs> Go back and find some highlights of this because that's just that's great promo, great entertainment uh-huh. when he does that. Booker, yeah, another guy whose catalog, like we touched on earlier, includes a lot of funny, diverse kind of moments, but also great in-ring stuff. Chase, this was so successful. He won the world title under this gimmick. Did he really? Won the world title. Beat Mysterio. I didn't know that. Yeah. Good for him. That's ha- man, and it's cool. He came in as with that title. That's usually not the ceiling, you know. Right for yeah. a gimmick, for, for a little side gimmick, for that like side that. gimmick. But that is cool that he came in with with that WCW title and and won that from Mysterio all those years later. Not all those years later, but those few years later, under a completely new gimmick, all stemming from King of the Ring. 
and I think Booker's a guy who always kind of comes up. Like every, he's a Hall of Fame level guy. People know how great he is, but they never really talk about him. You're mm-hmm. always like, oh yeah, Booker was there too. Like oh yeah, Booker was always solid too. Yeah. But this is just a testament to him to take that gimmick and to go and win a world championship with it. Mm-hmm. And now it's he's more known for that, especially with a younger audience. He's more known for Keem Booker than he is for Booker T or any any other Harlem Heat or any other incarnation of his career. You're right. So. It can take a stale character, and and it's harder to do, I think. I think that one's harder to accomplish, which is I'm interested when we get to our modern era if who you think they could be resetting or kind of giving a makeover to right now, similar to Keen Booker, because I don't think anybody can pull it off like old Booker did. I don't know if you'll like my answer. Uh We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Okay. (laughs) So as great as that way is to use King of the Ring. I don't think that's what needs to be done here in the middle of my era. Mm-hmm. I think you look at that roster and the workers they have on it and the new stars, the new generation coming in after Rock, Austin, these guys are kind of fading out. You need other people to step up. So this is when, by the way, they should have done a tournament yeah, <laughs> at this time. That would have been perfect. So I don't really know the best way to go about this. This is more of a visual thing, trying to go through the bracket. Right. But I'm just going to give you the eight guys I selected. And then that'll give us our semifinals and our finals. Right. And we'll break, how we'll get Yeah, there. and we'll just break those down. So I think if you're looking at my era, Ruthless Aggression, 2002 to 3 range, you have to start with that great OVW class. Randy Orton, John Cena, Batista. Mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar was also part of that, but he's already won it, so we're yeah. keeping him out of the scene. Like we said, rocket strapped. <laughs> so those three are in. They're the three guys in any particular order. I think, funny enough, John Cena's maybe the third of the three at the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's very clear. But at that's the your time. future coming in. Those, you would say, are, and proven right, were the top three candidates to be the faces of the company at the time. Kind of like everybody saw it with the Shield early on, too. Yeah, there was maybe more options of guys who had been around a little bit longer. But at once, that time, once they were right. in a year or two, like yeah, you had you tell. Cena doing his thugonomics thing. Orton was in Evolution. Mm-hmm. And Batista was World Championship level. Right, they, they all got there. Right. So that's three. Then another category of guys we've talked about in my era before were the ones finally getting a chance. Like whether they were undersized or whether they were just missing something that never they never quite got there in the Attitude Era before. These guys like Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, RVD. I think you put all these guys in there. It's another solid Guerrero group. and Benoit, they got their titles, mm-hmm. but we're assuming they're not those guys yet. Yet. They're still the mid-card guys that you know are great workers, you know they can have great matches, but they just haven't broken through. And if you're putting somebody out there and if you had to take a, you know, pick a choice to give you a four-star match on a random Monday, Tuesday night every week, one of those three guys might be who you're picking. So three of the best in-ring guys ever. And we'll round out the field with the glue guys. The guy's going to hold this thing together, tell stories. Kane, you need a big guy mm-hmm. in your tournament, especially if maybe you have Batista. You Agreed. might set up a good matchup with him at some point. Agreed. Another guy's Kurt Angle. Because I think he's he's a top guy at this point. He's won titles. So you can make the argument maybe he doesn't belong with this field. But I saw him put over enough guys to create no, and create bigger stars. I know he's the guy to do it. Mm-hmm. So you put him in this tournament because, one, he can have – the best match of the night with any guys exactly. in this field. So versatile. And if you beat him, he has enough credibility 
where it's it means something deal. a little bit more if you beat Kurt Angle in the King of the Ring, especially since he was a former winner. Exactly. Huge deal. Yeah, that's a hell of a field. Whew. I mean, I got to pick winners and losers. I know. That's such a talented roster that you all had. So you threw these names out there. You It seems like you did a little a good amount of research with the names. Have you done a good amount of research on who the hell you booked to win this thing? I went with my gut. Okay, good. can't that's, go wrong there. That's great bookers, Chase. We <laughs> go with our gut. You and Vince McMahon. So the guy's getting through to the semifinals here. You have Kurt Angle in the top bracket. He went over Orton. You set up, you know, you have a great first round match up there. You have it's a, a story. Match. The, you know, the new rookie coming in. I'm sure he has a great match. So even by losing, Orton still comes out as a winner here. Yeah. With him on that side of the bracket, Eddie Guerrero. He goes over Chris Benoit. Another fantastic match. Stories built in. And then you have a good Angle Guerrero matchup who have a good history and together. Semis. On the other side, John Cena. First signs of him overcoming <laughs> insurmountable obstacles. Beats Kane. Moves on. I don't, are we going? Do you want to go Thugonomics? Let's go Thugonomics, Cena. Okay. Or are we going like colored tights, ruthless? No, aggression? no, no. Definitely not colored tight, ruthless okay. aggression. Early Thugonomics. Early Thugonomics, okay. Cena. And then he'll be facing off in the semifinals against Batista. Just too much for the fan favorite RVD to overcome. Right. The dude's a monster. Great underdog match. All your first round matches had great stories to him. Look at you. That's a hell of a tournament you're booking there. But let's get to the semis. Those are epic matches in the semis. Angle goes over Guerrero. Just too much. He's just too good. I think I agree with you there. And then you have that guy, the former winner, that can he can take a championship match and potentially this is even bigger. If you beat Kurt Angle in the sem- in the finals? Mm-hmm. And he'll face off against John Cena. So you book John Cena to beat Batista in a epic Haas fight. And you know whoever wins this is getting the chance to just skyrocket by mm-hmm. beating Kurt Angle. Right. And in my mind, whoever loses between that Cena, you got, I know you got Angle, you got Cena moving on to face Angle, but even Batista there in a losing effort. Yeah. I'm, I would rethink- still- I'm rethinking it. It's so, you kind of see Cena for who he became eventually. I'm just making sure I'm not making the wrong, the wrong call here by not going with Batista. No, in my mind, Cena is a face here. But early Thugonomics, he was a heel, right? I'm thinking of him as a face. When he started getting over and he had that momentum behind him. Okay. Well, then... Heel angle. Right. I think that's perfect. I don't think you're off base there with that. Well, there's a reason he became that guy, I guess. Right, exactly. He had that it factor Mm -hmm. from the start, even as Thugonomics Cena. He has the mic work and he has the character stuff that Batista doesn't necessarily have. No. And the fans in that Cena-Batista match would be firmly behind Cena at that point. True. So that sets it up. John Cena, Kurt Angle. That's got to be on a pay-per-view to, to crown. I had the backstory. John Cena debuted by coming in and slapping Kurt Angle across the face. Yeah. Ruthless aggression. Ruthless aggression. Who wins? Who is your fictional, ultimate, middle-age, ruthless aggression era, king of the ring? That'll look great on a trophy. They all do it. Sorry for marking. John Cena, man. We talked about how this King of the Ring tournament should be used. You create new stars. You send somebody to the moon with it. Mm -hmm. John Cena beating Kurt Angle after debuting against Kurt Angle. I need you you to be dropping the Thugonomics music right here. (laughs) Thugonomics. Word life. I'm untouchable. 
untouchable, but I'm forcing you to feel me. Word life. This is basic, basic thugger, thugger, thuganomics. Word life. I can feel it in my head right now. I'm gonna absolutely 100% listen to your Ruthless Aggression, King of the Rings theme song when we hit, when we get done here. I'm going to. What a great choice. I marked it out for this whole tournament and it didn't even happen. Just hearing the way you booked it. So good shit there, man. Good <laughs> shit of, there. Everybody loves fantasy book. I know. It's a fun game to play. But I think you're on the right track with what the King of the Ring is. Would would that have, you think, been the star maker for Cena? Or would that have turned around the inevitable Cena backlash that came around 2006 to like 2008? Um, it wouldn't curtail that. It would, would have it? changed how it got there. I don't know if it would have changed the end result, but mm-hmm. it would just would have changed how it got there. Mm-hmm. Just trying to get the butter, the whole butterfly effect down here. Thugonomic Cena. Is he wearing his crown kind of to the side? It's probably just a big, like, like a flat bill. Flat bill crown. crown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. Hey, you, I'm surprised you hadn't beaten your boy Kurt, but I know I think I know why you did. But it's the right choice for the air. It is, and that's why you booked Kurt to be on that other side of that bracket to eventually. Because he was the guy to do do mm-hmm. the job there. Mm-hmm. What was the match? Was it a four star, four and a half star between Angle and Cena in your mind? Four Young and a quarter. Cena? Uh, my gut tells me three point seven five. Wow! Not giving any faith to Kurt. In the King of the Ring finals, you don't think Kurt Angle's going to bring that shit out of Cena? No, they're hitting, I'm guessing, four and a quarter for a fictional <laughs> Cena versus Angle King of the Ring final. That's four and a quarter. Oh, man. Does Angle tap out to the STF? That's how I'm seeing it. Nah. Oh, FU. Goes down to the FU. Yeah, yeah one, two, three. Okay. Three second tan. <laughs> good stuff so that would mean your era started with the real king of the ring in Brock Lesnar your middle ages king of the ring fictional king of the ring is now John Cena and you're ending it with King Booker man if, if what you booked had really happened you'd be looking at an easy trilogy win right here Wes I think Damn. you know we can count it right no, 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 no. I this should get was more all points because I came up with that. You shit. actually might get negative points for not having a damn tournament with that stacked roster you had during your era. That's fair. If there's anything you're losing points for, it's that. That's fair. But that's neither here nor there, and that's not your fault. John Cena is your king of the ring. I have a feeling we might get a little bit of pushback on that. People LOL, just, John Cena wins everything, yeah. even on Sorry for Marking <laughs> Now. <laughs> Guys, you have to remember who he was, not who he became. John Cena's fine. He's over Nikki and he's moving on and we're all doing just fine now. He didn't need that king of the ring, but I wish he would have got it. So it'll be fun to move this conversation next week into the modern era. So make sure you guys are subscribed here. Sorry for marking. Hit that button so you get it next week in the modern era. First of all, what are some good examples of maybe them using king of the ring correctly? Mm-hmm. I think I think they got sporadic after that, right? Yeah, I don't know if we're going to find much of that, but a little tease, I guess, for the Modern Era episode. I just mean King of the Ring overall. Did we have a lot of King of the Rings? I don't think so. Okay. I think one, two tops, I'm pretty sure. 
and then now being in the middle of what's been a very good King of the Ring, maybe we can have the discussion of which way do we think they should go with this one. Exactly. I want to have that discussion, and I also want to come back to what we started this whole thing with, the Brawl for All, and it didn't work. But now, it's more than King of the Ring. You have tournaments like the Dusty Classic, and you have tournaments such as the Mae Young and the Cruiserweight Classic that have created stars, and even people that have lost have went on to become pretty big stars in this company, or at least on their way. So I'm excited to talk about how WWE is using tournaments in a good way in the modern era to advance those things. We're going to touch on some possible future, future stars. All right, so that'll be a fun conversation next week. But now let's get back into the modern era. Give out some awards here. We can start wherever you want to start, my man. Let's stick with the King of the Ring theme here. It's time. It's time! It's time! It's Sorry for markings, Markout Performer of the Week. Didn't see this coming. No, I did not either. And this dude could tear the house down. Uh huh. Gable, Chad Gable is the sorry for marking markout performer of the week. This was who I thought you were talking about, and you don't have to tell me. But when you're talking about resetting somebody, this feels like a reset for him in a weird way because he's. You think he can take that crown and be and use that gimmick to take the next step? I don't think so. Which is why I hesitate to say that that's what they're doing with him. I think this was a self-contained, just individual awesome match that maybe Andrade, they don't want him... They want somebody else winning or they don't want Andrade getting there and losing to somebody big, taking a clean pin... So get a fluky loss and then move on out of that tournament on to other things. I don't know. But it was a fun upset. If nothing else, it makes the tournament seem more real. Exactly. You have the upsets. Exactly. You can't go too much chalk. No. And I think that's probably what the discussions were backstage. And then you start having the discussion of, well, what kind of upset can we have that'd be cool? And that was like 16 seed, you know, one seed level type stuff there. We've been watching Andrade kick ass for months now, even in losses. And Gable, who's been getting insulted and buried for the last two weeks, comes out and has the match of his life. Probably his best one-on-one match. He's had better matches with Jason Jordan. But, man, they tore the house down. Congrats to Chad Gable. Advancing in King of the Ring and taking home a markout. And taking home a markout award. Not a bad week for Mr. Gable. Maybe his best on the roster. On the main roster. What other matchups did we have this week? Kind of update me on the... Where we stand, King of the Ring-wise. You had Ali took a loss. No. Yeah, to Elias. That's what it was. Another huge upset, Elias beating Ali. And then you had Corbin beating Cedric Alexander. Ooh, That's the one. Okay, we'll talk about that next week. You're right, I don't know if I'm going to like that (laughs) as far as resetting. Because I don't know if that's a full reset at all. Uh, Reset might not be the right word there. I don't think it's refreshing either. I uh, <laughs> told you you weren't going to like it. The in-ring work during this King of the Ring tournament has been amazing. And you've had television matches that have been pay-per-view quality. And they got stakes. And there's a little bit of storyline. 
I, it's just, it's all been so good. Just a fun week of wrestling. Some brutal spots with Corbin smacking Cedric into the ring post. You got huge moments with Ali taking a loss and Elias getting all kind of heat for it. And then on the other side, we had that fluky finish. So what are we getting a triple triple threat now on the other side of the bracket? We are. We are getting Samoa Joe versus Ricochet versus Baron Corbin in one semifinal. And Elias versus Chad Gable in the other semifinal. It seems like one of those three guys really should be on the other side of the bracket, doesn't it? It does. Hmm, that's going to be hard to predict. And that's that's tough. And I think that's why it's that's does that mean it's been a good tournament that we're sitting here both we just paused both for ten seconds trying to book those semifinals and finals and we couldn't do it. But you know what it's missing? It's missing the big guy to put over somebody. Like none of those are gonna feel like unless you just look at the tournament as a whole as a big victory. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming somebody in that triple threat side is gonna win. Right. But I don't know if beating Gable or Elias feels like a big win. You know what I mean? Or do you have some? Like, why isn't Drew McIntyre over there or something? You're right. You're right. Or Joe or Corbin or Ricochet. Any or throw three? throw Ricochet. You're right. Throw Ricochet on that other side with Elias and have Ricochet beating Elias. And then you have a Samoa Joe or a Baron Corbin beat Ricochet. Or vice Both versa. Both of which feel like guys who could do something with that gimmick to mm-hmm. me. Well, we'll talk. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Well, either way. Gable, you had a great night. Do you think Gable's getting by Elias? Is he into the finals? It depends. It all depends. Yeah. If Ricochet wins. He is. Okay. Corbin's beating Gable in the finals. That's your prediction? Mm-hmm. I don't know. They're pushing Corbin real hard. That makes me feel like he's not going to win. <laughs> I'm going to go with Ricochet beating Elias. Oh, that just feels so, eh. Yeah, but I also think Gable and Elias are going to have the kind of match next week where you're going to hate Elias for beating him. Because you, you're so... Cause yeah, Elias they, gets a lot of heat, but he just gets beat by everybody all the time. I know. It feels like they planned this good, though, because Elias got so much heat for beating Kevin Owens, so much heat for beating Ali, and now he's about to get uber heat for beating Gable, who's all of a sudden become the fan favorite after Andrade gave him a hell of a rub. So... I would rather... Once again, here we go, fantasy book in the past. Mm-hmm. Flip Corbin and Elias there, I would be thrilled with that. Put Ricochet over Corbin. That, to me, feels would feel big because people would really hate that. You're right. You're right. That would be better. Either but way, anyway. I think this has been a successful <laughs> tournament overall, though. We're just fantasy booking. But the matches here that we've had have been so good. And I'm excited for I like the wrench that they threw in with that triple threat, though. It's even if it's a little mismatched in how it's booked. Any other King of the Ring thoughts before we get out of that for a minute? That made made my prediction without expecting to and <laughs> <laughs> moving on. When is the finals? It's at the pay per view. Oh, it's at Clash of Champions. Mm-hmm. Means another week of good T V matches mm-hmm. with stakes. I wanna get a temperature check from you. Before we give out our next award on a couple things, one Stone Code moderating the contract signing. Ooh, in I'm Madison cold on Square that, Garden, but like a nice cold beer. Oh, nice! Anytime Stone Cold comes around, it's a refreshing ice cold Stone Cold Broken Skull Ranch IPA. <laughs> I see what you did there. I did. I thought you're. 
I thought you were about to do the unfathomable and shit on Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> for a second. Swerve. Austin in the garden with set in the same ring with Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman. This is an important segment. If there's anybody to bring around to keep order and to keep things controlled, <laughs> if there's one thing we know, that guy is Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's a model of control. <laughs> Nothing has ever went wrong during Stone Cold in ring moments. Nothing. Great choice. It's a great choice. I'm sure he's going to be able to keep the 400-pound man and the keen slayer and the beast slayer from, you know, popping off. That'll be great. No, that's good TV. I'm excited for it, too. Um, my, my other temperature check, Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn. This feels like one that people are either loving or absolutely hating. Where are you falling on this? And let me, because I know you caught the online type stuff on on SmackDown. Did you see no, Sami so Zayn? Seen, I'll have to punt this answer till next next episode. So they have Sami Zayn speaking while Shinsuke on SmackDown is what I want to get your temperature check. They got Sami Zayn speaking on the mic while Shinsuke just obliterates a jobber. Like a Leo Rush type thing? Mm-hmm. Same exact thing. In theory, I like Sami being given a live mic out there, yeah. Uh-huh. It was definitely obnoxious, and it got him some heat. I think we're heading towards Miz versus Shinsuke for the Intercontinental title with Sammy in a corner. I think I like all three of them together. So I'm lukewarm on that. But I'll lukewarm. let you, I'll, I'll, I'll suspend your temperature on that. One more thing. Let me get your temperature check on this before we get into the women's stuff, because I know that's going to be a big conversation here to kind of close out the show. We talked last week gimmick segment was focused on the fiend and the rumored match coming up we got a firefly funhouse this week give me your temperature check on that and they kind of hint they hinted towards it and all the speculation and it all came up just what'd you think i loved it i loved it such a natural next step in this fiend firefly funhouse character that we have is to now start to ease his way into our world a little bit and start to have some real high-level feuds and feuds that dip down into our world and don't. So he's he's still a special attraction. And that's what's so good about this character is you can have the Firefly Funhouse and set up all these great feuds just through that and through him telling those stories in the Funhouse. And the Funhouse is now set it's crazy to me how they pulled that off because how hard is it and how much have we talked about how hard it is to tell good stories and to do it in creative ways. And now that you got this fun house, Bray Wyatt's going to be able to do it pretty much for any feud he wants. And it looks like they're starting right at the top. Didn't see that coming. Did you like the Vince McMahon thing? Oh and yeah. The- and that's what, man, he can tell all kinds of stories here, but there's still the, the layers are still there. Like, and this is the more you think about it, the more you'll get, the more you'll see whether it's there or not. I think, but you look at Vince threatening to fire Bray, but oh, but look, I've been making a lot of money. And mm-hmm. Literally feeds him the money to go away. Like everything <laughs> that says about just the whole business, um, the rabbit holding up the help sign as he casually Bray casually pushes him back down underneath. Like yeah. there's all these underlying things going on while he's telling this over here, and you've got the fiend over here. 
lot lot to go on and a lot to like to like here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on board with everything. He's going to have to win that universal title if he's wrestling for it soon. That's what's going to be so intriguing. That's what I can't get past. That's where I just have a hard time figuring out what's going to happen here. I'm excited for all of it, though. If you're asking for my temperature check on The Fiend and all that and what he did this past week, Firefly Funhouse, I think I'm as hot as I've ever been on it. Damn. Mm -hmm. And that's without even seeing The Fiend for a while. But we got something we've wanted because it, it's tied into our kayfabe history. Because he talks about Seth and Braun, you know, in a, a long time ago, they took something from me. Like, you don't know what it is, but he's hinted there's stuff there and we know they have history. So there's a lot of places they could go with this, I think. Oh, yeah. Which you've already... No, I won't ask you that yet. I've already asked you too many questions. But <laughs> there is... I just don't know which direction they're going to go. It doesn't matter, though, really. And then the last thing, Daniel Bryan. Oh, man, you're I was so ready to give out an award. I Let's know you go. are. Let's I talk know. about it. I, I thought I was liking this, but every time you try to bring it up, I don't want to talk about it, so I guess I'm not liking it as much as I thought. <laughs> it's just... I Is this the rare case of WWE adding a layer to a story that maybe didn't need to be there. <laughs> That's what this feels like for me. I didn't care about Rowan when he first started with Brian. I don't care about Rowan now, but all of a sudden the story is now about Eric Rowan and now he's turned on Brian and he, it's a fine little story for Roman to tell. Like if he just beats Rowan here, I still think, I don't think Brian's just not going to be involved. Oh, but Daniel Bryan is a main event superstar. It's a very weird turn to take for all this all of a sudden to turn into a story not about Rowan, but that's revolving around Rowan now. Well, at least for this week and until Clash. Yeah. We'll see where they go from so there. So we'll see. We'll see where this goes. I still think it's leading to a Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns match, which is what I want. So you can get, get rid of all the other obstacles. Yeah, and I guess... I don't know. Every week it just feels kind of silly and trivial, and I just want to get to where we're going, and that's why I don't want to talk about it, because I think it'll be good eventually, but it just doesn't always feel good right now. Daniel Bryan's such a good promo. Just have him go out there and cut a promo on Roman Reigns. (laughs) It's not like there's any history there you can draw from. (laughs) Like, my God. There's so much. Anyways, let's end on a positive note on the thing that we all came to talk about that revolves around the legit boss. Let's give out another award. It's time! It's time! It's Sorry for markings. Mark out moment of the week. <laughs> How much do you love Bailey? Isn't she amazing? Dude, I've been trying to tell you all for a long time now. And this is what, this is what you get for now. I told you Bailey was the worst. You were surprised she turned on Becky and hit her with a chair? I don't recall you ever speaking Bailey ill of Bailey. is the worst. I don't, I don't recall you saying that too often. Becky fans, back me up. Is she not the worst? She's fine. What she is, Wes, is a loyal friend. And she is also the proud winner of the markout moment of the week for the heel turn heard around the wrestling world. Stiff chair shots to old Becky Lynch because she's a good friend to the legit boss, Sasha Banks, and she does as Sasha does, how everything should be. 
But as far as Bailey goes, Chase, first of all, you owe me an apology, and everybody owes me an apology. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> all right, man. Skip over that. <laughs> I've been telling you guys, and you know who else you owe an apology to? Chase? I'm not apologizing to Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss. I, I will Chase. never apologize she stood to in Alexa that Bliss. Backstage, and she told us all what Bailey was, but. Oh no, she's just trying to manipulate Nikki Cross. Oh, who her best friend, who she's tag team champions with. You are delusional. You Alexa anyway. people are delusional. Yeah, this is huge for Bailey. <laughs> You're gonna like her more now, right? Overall. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. You. She's want... interesting. Mm-hmm. Just be interesting. So they're yeah. kind, of, and they're going an interesting route. At least what I think. You dropped the bomb on me that this could just be. A, not a hill turn from Bailey, and she was just literally in denial, and they were ignoring what she did. Just it feels like I've had these feelings about Bailey before. Mm-hmm. This isn't something completely foreign to me. Mm-hmm. And it was when she attacked Sasha, and it didn't really formulate. So I'm just saying, be careful. Right. One hundred percent being positive. That's what this is. I agree. But folks, go back and let us know. L- listen to Bailey's promo. But, yeah, granted, after SmackDown, that doesn't seem as likely. <laughs> Listen to the tone of it, and it sounds like such a... There's an underlying snarkiness and an underlying... Yeah, I know what I'm saying is bullshit, but it doesn't matter. I'm just being a good friend. That's what I like, and that's what Bailey kind of brought. Kind of the, I'm... What are you guys talking about? I'm a, I'm a, I just want to be a good champion for you all. So I need, in order to do that, I need to be a good friend to Sasha because I promised her I would. Yeah, well, let's see it. <laughs> let's fucking see it. I mean, hasn't been doing shit since she won that title. Let's see it. I'm excited to see it now. We got Hill Bailey. Sasha's back. She's how she should be. Charlotte's at the top of her game. Becky's at the top of her game. The four horsewomen, the reason why I started loving women's wrestling and a big reason why the modern era has succeeded is because of those four women right there. Love them, hate them, those are the facts. And I think one day they're going to have an awesome feud, the four of them. And I think that's what this is leading towards, and we're just planting the seeds and getting everybody on the chessboard in the right spots. Ah, very nice. Mm-hmm. Yes. Get them lined up in the right spots. You got Becky. First, you got Charlotte. She's the queen. She's She can do no wrong. She could take losses. It doesn't matter. She's Charlotte. Becky can do no wrong. She had the great... She's Becky two belts. She's going to be there, it feels like. She's established now. Now it's time to get Sasha and Bailey to that level as well. And that's when you pull the trigger on the feud. And this is the start of the Sasha-Bailey part of this. Woo! It's exciting. Good shit. It's exciting. A lot of fancy booking coming down the road. And sorry for marking. I think a lot of good stuff in the women's division coming soon. Anything else you want to touch on before we wrap this thing up here this week? A little bit of news. Did you see the rumor they're going to redo a draft in October? I saw that, but it's not going to be any major people. Oh, is that what it said? I think that's what I think that's what I'm reading. But who knows? But it is interesting. They're going to even redo one. It's probably just to reset it one more time. Yeah, which I felt like they were going to do anyway because mm-hmm. you heard the splits coming back. Right. Then, so you have to kind of make sure draw all those sides. Lines. Yeah. But yeah, so. It'll be interesting to see if it's an official thing and they kind of redo it all or just a few guys. Yeah, and we'll be here to break all that down. Going in the fall in Fox, SmackDown's going to have to have some dudes and some dudettes, so we'll see who they pick. In the meantime, 
Clash of Champions coming up, and it's real bad. That we're going to touch on this next week that we didn't mention Kofi and Randy Orton. And part of that is because this story has now become second or third fiddle, depending on who you're talking about. And that's not great. They need to do better with that. Do you, Would you say it's been bad, though? No. But would you say it's lived up to expectations? I, I would not. I, I think it's been very wrestling cliche. Okay, maybe they'll give us something good. Is next week the go-home show? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you got one more week to we get that We need a fire right. segment from the go-home show. So we'll touch on that next week as well. But overall, I think top to bottom right now on the main roster is going very well. The king of the ring has a lot to do with that, and the women's division has a lot to do with that. Not so much the top titles. Yeah, guys, so next time we'll be talking to you here, correct me if I'm wrong, we'll be coming back after Clash of Champions. We'll be wrapping up that trilogy talking our modern era tournaments and we'll have the winner from king of the ring so we'll be able to talk about how all that shook out so make sure you're with us here at sorry for marking we'll be back in two weeks is that right two weeks that is right yeah, and we'll let you weeks, know if guys. that changes so we thank you guys for joining us here can't wait to get back at it sorry for marking see you yeah did pretty good i think so i think it went well